Welcome to the Sponsorship Workshop. My name is Raven, and I am a compulsive overeater. Hi, I'm your moderator for this meeting. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. We do remind you that this session is being recorded, and anyone who speaks needs to sign a release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. The format for this session is as follows. We will have three speakers who will share for 20 minutes each then followed that by three-minute open pitches until the end of the session. The topic for this session is sponsorship. The following is a reading from the pamphlet, A Guide to the Twelve Steps for You and Your Sponsor, page 1. Sponsorship is one of the vital keys to success in Overeaters Anonymous. The sponsor maintains recovery from compulsive overeating by sharing the 12-step program with others. The newcomer in reaching out for help from a successful OA member transcends the long-held idea that self-sufficiency must be maintained at all costs and acquires a state of humility so necessary for the practice of the 12 steps. The sponsor and the newcomer benefit equally from the relationship, and the best way to learn to be a sponsor is to have a sponsor. Methods of sponsorship vary from person to person. Some say the best way to be a sponsor is to be a friend. Some sponsors take a highly structured approach. Others are easygoing and flexible. As members mature on the program, their style of sponsorship usually changes. Our first speaker today is Rosalie from Sacramento. My name is Rosalie, and I'm a compulsive overeater, and grateful to be here today. Um, I first want to qualify um, my OA birthday is September 15th, 1977, and I've never stopped coming back. So I have over 40 years of recovery from this disease. In the interest of time, I'm going to reuse notes, so I have 20 minutes. <laughs> um, I was grossly overweight when I came in, and I had long ago stopped weighing myself, so I don't really know how what my top weight was. I lost all my weight in the first year because I got a sponsor, and my weight stabilized and has been there around 120 pounds since that first year. I have a sponsor, and I sponsor other members. There are three things I've done perfectly in this program. I kept coming to meetings, I kept working the steps, and I kept giving service. Doing these has kept me in OA instead of just around the program. Um, Let me 
tell you why I sponsor. The first tradition of unity reminds us that we are not alone. Often our first experience of this principle is through the action of sponsorship, either as a sponsee or as a sponsor. Chapter 2 of the AA Big Book gives a definition of a sponsor. For people I sponsor, they either want recovery or they don't. I make suggestions, but I do not force myself on anyone, and the results speak for themselves. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about my first sponsor. I came in in my early 20s, and there were only older women in the room. I asked somebody, one of the older women, to be my temporary sponsor, and she became my first sponsor. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget the gentleness with which she treated me, especially as I did step four or five. I was so scared to talk to her about some of the stuff that I thought I would go to my grave with. She reached her hands out across the table to me and said, Rosalie, I'm not here to judge you, I'm just here to listen. And that's a a technique that I have tried to carry on into my own sponsorship. The current sponsor I have has been in the program almost as long as I have, and we're like two old souls. We talk to each other a lot. We know each other's uh, history in this program. We know we are current on what's going on in our lives, and we both sponsor people. I have to tell you also about the first person I sponsored, um, the very first person. Um, It started out fine. We started working the steps together. And then she asked me, she said, I want to get a food plan. I want to go outside to one of those pay-in ways. And I was new in the program, and I told her, if you go outside, I cannot work with you anymore. Now, I have 40 years of hindsight around that issue, and I know today that should not have happened. Any of us are allowed to get outside help, and we can often, and it has been my experience that people do both. They get outside help for a food plan, whether it's a pay-in way or something else, and they work the 12 steps as well. So that's been my history. Um, I've been given many gifts as a result of using this tool of sponsorship. Those I count most precious are, the first of all, the gift of abstinence. Relief from the obsession of food frees me to focus on how to live that happy, joyous, and free life as is stated in our promises. The second is the gift of being restored to not just a healthy body weight, but all that goes with that level of physical recovery, clothing that fits, a flexible body that is able to sit, stand, and move comfortably, freedom from other diseases that are often the result of compulsive overeating, emotional health that has allowed me to develop and deepen relationships among my friends inside and outside OA, my coworkers, and my family, and finally, a deep and spiritual connection to the God of my understanding, Higher power has comforted me in difficult times, has been a source of wisdom when I sought answers, and has been an abiding support in my efforts to live that life beyond my wildest dreams. I have a profound sense of gratitude for the life I've been given. So in preparing this speech, um, I'm answering the question that I always ask myself is, how do you sponsor? For me, it's always felt kind of squishy when people talk about how they sponsor. I don't I don't really get a sense of a game plan, I guess, and I'm always looking for a game plan. I'm one of those logical people, so I I want a plan. And in our little uh, pamphlet, there is a saying that says, just for today, it's called the Just for Today card. Just for today, I will have a program. I may not follow it, but I will have a program. And so that's how I think of sponsorship. I need a program. I need a plan. And I call it my strategic plan, so I'm going to give you the nuts and bolts of how I sponsor. It has three parts. We discuss expectations, we make an agreement to work the 12 steps together, and we agree on an action plan. 
With respect to expectations, prior to me agreeing to sponsor, I asked potential sponsees to do the following. Attend at least three meetings a week, make one phone call a week, texts are okay, hold a simple service position such as literature person, intergroup rep, make phone calls to members who request calls, be a meeting timer, anything to get into service, and share their experience, strength, and hope at meetings. I explain my process for step work, I'll outline that. I explore my expectations versus their expectations to make sure that we mesh and we're on the same page. Abstinence is not a requirement to work the steps with me. I came in and I wasn't abstinent, and I got abstinent immediately when I got a sponsor. I sponsor both men and women in this program, maintaining good boundaries with both. Second part is the agreement. We agree to meet to work the 12 steps. That's what a sponsor is. And I work them right along with my sponsee. We identify which workbook to use. This provides an entry into discussion of the OA literature. We choose one format to follow, the AA Big Book, the AA 12 and 12, the OA 12 and 12, the chocolate workbook from OA, or our newest one, the OA workbook with the green cover. And I especially like the OA 12 and 12 and the green workbook because each has a developed format of thought-provoking questions that cover every aspect of recovery. We merge our schedule to agree on a mutually agreeable meeting times and places because it happens over time. I don't expect my sponsee to check in every day. I don't expect them to call in their food to me. They can call it in, but I'm not going to do anything with it. I'll just listen, and I don't even respond to it. I see my role as an OA member who has worked the steps and wants to share my experience, strength, and hope. We are equals, and we walk this path of recovery side by side. As a sponsor, I'm a loving witness, as stated in the OA 12 and 12. My job is to keep confidences, listen without judging or fixing, be objective, be honest but gentle, be patient and supportive, share what works for me but encourage them to find their own path. One of the hardest things to do is find my own path in this program. I emphasize that this is an agreement between two people. If it is no longer working, then we will mutually agree to terminate our work together. If after a certain length of time it becomes apparent that the OA member is not keeping their commitment to work the steps, I gently confront them with the evidence. This leads to either a jump start in their step work or a termination of our agreement. We are either working the steps or we're not. I don't let it slide. And the third part of the plan is an action plan. And that my action plan is based on the three-legged stool model. We address the physical, emotional, and spiritual parts of this program. These are only suggestions. My sponsees are free to take what they like and leave the rest, but this is what worked for me. The physical leg has two parts, a physical health plan and a food plan. In OA, I see a great deal of attention paid to food plans, but not much attention to the overall physical health of our membership. We don't even have a tool that's about exercise, if you remember that. So among other diseases, um, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, and orthopedic issues are, are really rampant in our membership. And so if it is not current, I suggest my sponsee get a physical health checkup from their doctor, including lab work. My manage, uh, management of physical health is an important part of my recovery. And the physical health plan and the food plan often go together. They're part of a whole and knowledge is power. When I know what my, the status of my physical health is, then I can work toward um, getting into or maintaining a healthy body weight. For the food plan, 
If they need one, I suggest they ask for outside help from a licensed nutritionist, registered dietitian, or other professional to develop a plan of eating based on individual health status and nutritional needs. If they already have a food plan, I suggest an evaluation from an outside professional. This evaluation is especially important if the person is struggling with abstinence because many times we misinterpret and misunderstand the nutritional needs of our bodies. I'm a scientist. I work in the medical field, and I have dieted a lot in my past life. I think I know a lot about the correlation between food and body weight and health, good health. But because of some of my own health challenges, I swallowed my pride and asked someone with more expertise than I had to check my assumptions. And you know what? I found I was right about some things and wrong about others. I discovered I was not the smartest person in the classroom of life, and I learned some new stuff about nutrition and health. To this day, I still get outside help with my food plan, and I calendar regular checkups with my physician. So with respect to the emotional leg, which is the second part, depression and sexual abuse are common themes among our OA members. If my sponsee is already seeing a therapist, I suggest they continue with that therapy. If they feel the need to find a therapist, I suggest and support their efforts in finding a person with expertise with whom they can work while they continue to work the 12 steps of the OA program. Thank you. With respect to the spiritual leg, if they have a higher power, I suggest they continue to develop that relationship through working the steps. If they don't have a higher power, I suggest they explore other spiritual paths that call to them that fit their needs and that support their spiritual recovery from this disease. I urge them to see it as an ongoing adventure, an exploration, rather than a one-and-done and and check-off on the list. So then implementing that action plan means that prior to the first meeting, I as a sponsor develop an agreed-upon written schedule to include the step, the date of completing the reading and writing, and the date for completing our discussion of the step. This schedule acts as a guide and is often adjusted to accommodate the needs of both parties throughout the time it takes to work the steps. Prior to each meeting, I ask the sponsee to read the AA and OA literature applicable to the step. I'm reading it right along with them. Uh, Reflect on the reading and write down their answers to the questions for that step. That's why I like that format. In other words, there's homework, and I'm doing it too. At our meetings, I often begin with a brief check-in. How's your food plan working? How's your prayer meditation practice? How's your service position? What challenges are you facing in working the steps? This is also the time to reiterate our agreements and confirm meeting dates and times. The sponsee then reads their writing to me. We share and discuss and move on to the next step. It is at this time in a face-to-face meeting. I haven't done online meetings except when I've been a sponsee, and that hasn't worked very well. Um, It's in this exchange of ideas and feelings in sharing our troubling past and personal histories that real healing occurs. That's where I see the real change, the real switch. I often stay in touch with texts or emails or phone calls between meetings. Each person is different, but I have found it takes from two to nine months to thoroughly work the 12 steps with one person. As a sponsor, I maintain my own program of recovery by checking in with my sponsor and using the OA tools. I am working right the steps right along with my sponsee, and I often have two sponsees going at the same time. One starting at the steps, and one ending the work on the steps. After they complete the 12 steps, I encourage my sponsees to begin sponsoring when they are ready. Readiness is assessed through discussion and consideration of outside issues, which may tip the balance one direction or the other. 
Sponsoring often begins after step nine, I've found. I do not work the traditions one-on-one with each sponsee. I encourage them to attend meetings which discuss the traditions. Once we complete the steps, I encourage my sponsees to check in with me or someone else to stay current. I want my sponsees to fly the nest and become full members of OA by developing their own method and style of sponsoring. Some do, some don't. Some have left the program, others have stayed in OA. I want to talk a little bit about relapse and sponsorship. When someone is in relapse and they're working with me on the steps, I never abandon them unless they refuse to work the steps with me. It's just a given. It's a bottom line for me. It's like that's the last thing I needed when I was working the steps and had in trouble with food. So I'm very gentle with them. I listen to them express their pain. It takes so much courage not only to get into the rooms of OA, but for them to acknowledge faults and failures regarding food and overeating. I remind them to continue to work the steps. I remind them that food is still doing something for them, which is why they they can't put it down. The way to identify that something is to continue working the steps. I remind them of the many days they are abstinent, suggest they stop counting back-to-back days of abstinence, and focus on one 24-hour period only. I'm not a fan of counting back-to-back abstinence, not at all. I just get 24 hours, that's all I get. I remind them that abstinence is a learned behavior coupled with a reliance on higher power to remove the compulsion. I encourage them to take these actions along with the more practical stuff about clearing out the binge foods from the house and using the tools to attending meetings and sharing and doing service. My friend Tom always says that back-to-back abstinence happens over time, not overnight. And I really love that. I, I like to think of abstinence that way. It's a process, not a one-and-done. So let me talk about the lessons I've learned. First of all, sponsoring is not about me. I used to ask, what about me? Now I ask, how can I help you? It's about guiding someone to find their own path versus coercing them to do it my way. Um, I found it's important to be flexible enough to address individual needs, accommodate a variety of schedules, and find a way to make the relationship work. I don't want it to fall apart. Thank you. I don't call my sponsees babies as we used to do. Sometimes we still hear that word. I think it's dismissive and parental. It implies I know what's best for you, that I have all the answers and that I alone can fix you, and I don't feel that way at all. I am not a therapist. I'm not mom. I'm not God. I have no tribe or posse of sponsees that I line up on my birthday. I do not have the answers to your life's issues, but I will walk with you to help you find those answers. What I do have is plenty of experience, strength, and hope, and that is what I am willing to share with you. I try to teach my sponsees how to fly on their own, to let go of their dependency on food and people, places, and things to fix them. I especially want to teach them to let go of their dependency on me because that dependency pumps up my pride. It makes me think I have been the source of their recovery when, in fact, I'm just a a channel. I'm a conduit for passing on what I have learned in recovery. So let me close. Uh, In sponsoring and being sponsored, I give myself the gift of recovery, the gift of hope and joy. I allow myself to be fully vulnerable and known to the person I sponsor and to my sponsor. There is something psychologically and emotionally satisfying about sponsorship, both on both sides of the equation, sponsee and sponsor. It makes me feel worthy that I count, that I have a place on this earth where I fit in, that I am needed and wanted that I can and do make a difference in another member's life. I am honored and privileged to be part of another person's recovery. 
Sponsorship has helped me become a more compassionate and patient person. It feeds my spiritual life. It's a privilege for me to share my experience, strength, and hope. More importantly, I would not be at this stage of recovery if I, that I have today if it were not for the people that I sponsored and those who sponsored me. Through sharing our experience, including our mistakes and our triumphs, my sponsees have taught me how to be a sponsor and how to be abstinent. They've taught me how to hang in there even when we screw up and fumble and fall face down into the food. The people I sponsor are my teachers, and I am completely grateful for the lessons they have shared with me. Thank you for letting me share today. Our second speaker is Meg from Santa Cruz. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Meg. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hey. Hi, and I'm gratefully abstinent today. Uh, I've been in the program 28 years. Uh, more than, and I've been absent 28 years from sugar, and I maintain a healthy body weight for 28 years. Really grateful. It's a total miracle. I was a yo-yo dieter, and uh, can you give me five minutes, to Not just ten. Give me... Uh, oh, first five? First five, yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, and uh, I was a yo-yo dieter, and so my weight went up and down. My moods went up and down, and... Uh, um, today, I'm much more level-headed, um, and my body weight has only gone up and down a little bit over the years. Um, so, let's see. Um, I've been a compulsive overeater all my life, so I have a lot of, a lot of habits, a lot of uh, teaching from, as a kid, from school, from my parents, from my peers, from, yeah, you know, from the media, everything. So uh, food was everything to me. You know, I, uh, I used food for everything, <laughs> to celebrate, to make me feel good, to calm me down. Um, and uh, I'm so grateful to have the program where I've learned to... Uh, use the tools instead. Um, let's see. Uh, I came into the program desperate. I had been just at my last weight loss program, and they said, if you're, you're still having problems, come uh, go to a 12-step program because they're teaching what I, they continue what I'm teaching. And I said, Okay, and you know, shortly after, I was just back into the food, and I got to a meeting, and because um, I knew there was something wrong, and I was petrified of gaining the weight back again. I didn't think I had another diet in me. I don't, and uh, I'm grateful I got to OA. Um, I got a sponsor pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know, within a couple weeks, I got a sponsor, um, and it was because. Uh, I went to a meeting and I introduced myself as a newcomer and she gave me her name and number on a little piece of paper. I didn't know she was offering to be my sponsor, but I, um, I lost that piece of paper. Um, so I had a lot of you know, stuff in my way of getting a sponsor and um, 
then I looked in the sign-in sheet, and there were three people with the same name, her name, and I didn't know which one was her, and I didn't want to call the wrong one. So anyway, I, I finally did call her. Uh, I'm so grateful to her, my first sponsor. She she was half my age, and um, I was sort of like the opposite. The um, She was like 20 years younger than me. 24. I was 47 and she was 24. Um, and when I got into my first meeting, everybody else was in their 60s or, or 70s, so it was like, I was right in the middle. Um, I, she taught me how to do the steps, and I am so grateful for it because uh, I needed something. And um, through the steps, I learned to handle life a whole lot better. Um, my husband is really grateful I'm in the program because I was, you know, like an emotional wreck. I was in my mid-40s, so I had the hormones going and with the sugar going. I was crazy woman, and um, uh, letting go of the sugar was what I needed to do. But I started working the steps before I got abstinent because I couldn't – abstinence was just, like, beyond me. Um, and um, – so I started working the steps, and that helped me to get abstinent. Starting to understand how, you know, the I'm crazy around food, step one, and, um, and that there's hope, step two, and that maybe, you know, I could turn my life over to a higher power, step three. Um, all those things helped me to, be, to get abstinent. Um, and uh, I woke up one morning... My, after my last sugar binge on a Thanksgiving at my mother-in-law's, and uh, um, I, I woke up feeling suicidal. So that was big <laughs> note. <laughs> if you want to live, you've got to give up something, and that was the sugar. Thank you. Um, so uh, with the help of my sponsor and working the steps and going to meetings, I was able to do that. Um, and um, she uh, we just had the big book at the beginning this was 89 the OA 12 steps didn't come out until uh, 91 and um, I was having a hard time translating (laughs) it was just like it seemed so black and white with the alcohol and I had the food all the time and I just couldn't I just couldn't do it, except for the sugar. I could say, okay, no sugar. Um, and so I was really grateful that the OA 12 and 12 came around, and I, I love this new one. Um, let's see. So uh, let's see. I, I got 30 days absent, and uh, I'd worked the first three steps, and my sponsor said, okay, now you can check off that you're a food sponsor. And I went, What? <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> she was my step sponsor. And I, I, so, you know, yeah, you're right. You, you can share what you know. And I went, oh, okay, I checked it off. You know, I didn't have a food sponsor, so I didn't know what that was all about. But I checked off. I was a food sponsor and prayed nobody would call me. And <laughs> wouldn't you know that, that right, right after the time I checked it, she called me the next couple days and she was a long timer in the program. She knew exactly what she needed from a food sponsor, and she taught me how to be a food sponsor. 
So it worked the other way for me. I learned from my sponsee how to be a food sponsor. I'm really grateful that my sponsor said to go ahead and sponsor right away because we we need sponsors. And um, uh, if I had to wait until I finished uh, all 12 steps, it, it would be years before I'd be a sponsor. If I had to wait until I finished all my ninth steps at men's, forget it. I mean, I, I, no way that I can get all that done and, and then be here for something. My sponsees help me, just like that first one. When they call me, I have to start thinking in program terms. So it just gets me on track. You know, I might be involved in something, you know, emotionally upset about something or I'm into the food or um, uh, I've got, you know, I'm running on like a, 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 a hamster in a wheel, you know, just going, 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 going. And uh, I can take a breath and say, oh, yeah, okay, so program. Uh, what can we do to deal with whatever it is? So that so it works both ways. Um, oh, I wanted to find out here. How many people here have a sponsor? Okay, almost everybody. And how many people are have sponsees? Okay, so some of you need to step up. Yeah, right. Okay, and <laughs> and make this program work for you as well as for everybody else. Um, they say uh, if you have a sponsor and you don't call them, you don't have a sponsor. So uh, that's one of the things uh, with when I I have a lot of sponsees right now. Um, and when people ask me, I say, okay, uh, let's talk and see if there's a fit with your expectations and what you need from a sponsor, and I'll see if I can meet that and uh, so we worked that out. Um, let's see, where was I going with this? Um, so every sponsee is a different challenge. Um, some of my sponsees uh, are, I remember once uh, there was a woman in, uh, in the program who, thank you, there was a woman in the program who uh, was always speaking up and every time she spoke, I, I would think to myself, oh, no, not her again. You know, she, you know, she would be on a soapbox about something. And I was like, oh, no. And once you know, she asked me to be her sponsor. <laughs> so uh, we did it. We worked through the steps. And um, at one point, we got sort of bogged down. She was working in, in the uh, workbook, the brown one with the all the questions that go with the 12 and 12. And um, she was having trouble, and I realized that I hadn't actually written down answers to my, in my workbook for that step. So, so I started to work that one a little bit more, and then she got through them because I was doing it. You know, so it was like she sort of clued into me that I, you know, I wasn't completing my part of it. So... It helps both ways. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, okay. Um, so I've had um, some sponsees that just sort of drift away. 
Uh, I've had my my first sponsor uh, left the area, and I lost touch with her, and I didn't have a sponsor for a while. Then I tried various sponsors, and they were they were doing things that that just didn't click with me. Uh, you know, we were talking almost a slightly different language, and. Um, she was expecting, or one was expecting me to do the homework and, and get back to her right away, and I, I, I couldn't. I didn't. So, you know, there was drifting away that way, too. Um, and then I got in a service position, and I needed to have a sponsor, so in order to keep that position, and uh, so I found a sponsor, and I got a co-sponsor, because I was a long time in the program by then, and I have now three co-sponsors. Uh, one, we, I, we, we're, you know, we check in and work the steps around problems. Uh, the other, we, uh, we email our food to each other. Um, and the third is like a, um, you know, like an emotional sponsor or um, service sponsor. And sometimes I need help because I'm doing something and I, I'll get somebody to help me with it and sort of sponsor me through it. So, um, One of the things I wanted to do was to um, talk about the traditions and sponsoring. The traditions can help, you know, are great for helping the groups run and uh, they're good for service and helping you know, you know, to do service together. But they're also good for working together one-on-one. Um, so, uh, for instance, tradition one, our common welfare should come first. So that's for both of us, right? And personal recovery depends upon OA unity so that uh, if we're on the same page... Unity. That doesn't mean uniform. Doesn't mean we have to be doing things exactly the same. But we're um, we're um, working towards our common welfare. So if things aren't working well, we can talk it over and maybe adjust so that things go better towards our common welfare. And tradition two is um, for our group purposes, but one ultimate authority. Who's that? Our loving higher power. And um, our leaders are but trusted servants. So we're serving each other. Um, and it, the spiritual principle is trust. So if I didn't trust my first sponsor, I, I don't think I would have been able to keep going in the program. Because it's simple, but it's not easy. And, and that diving into the fourth step and finding all those horrible things about myself. It was just like, how can I do that without trusting my sponsor? And uh, I trust my sponsees to be able to um, uh, let me know what what they need and um, uh, be honest with me. Uh, And um, I trust that, that... that um, they will take care of themselves, and uh, if things aren't working, they, sh- they can speak up, and uh, we can adjust what we're doing with each other to what we both need. So there's a trust that um, I will listen and give my experience, strength, and hope that I will not, you know, uh, give them advice and tell them how to live their life. 
I'll just help them through the steps or help them with their plan of eating. Thanks. Um, tradition three. Uh, the only re- that's my favorite tradition. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. So, uh, and the spiritual principle is identity. So, that seems to fit. You know, sponsor your um, identifying with each other. Um, but the only uh, requirement for my sponsorship relationship is that we want to work together. If we don't want to work together, might as well not sponsor each other, right? Um, and uh, tradition four. Um, each group is autonomous. You know, each sponsorship thing is autonomous, uh, and except we don't affect OA as a whole. So I share things about my recovery in OA. Um, if I'm sharing stuff that's not OA, then I make it clear this is not OA, and um, and I usually don't share those things unless they're interested. Yeah, um, and um, so. Autonomy also is in terms of how we work the program, you know, how we work with each other. So uh, we have a, it's a, it's a two-way street, not a one-way, you do this or else. I'm not that kind of a sponsor. Um, tradition five, each group has but one primary purpose, uh, to carry the message, and uh, that's our purpose in the sponsoring, to carry the message. That's a spiritual principle, purpose. Stay on purpose. Um, tradition six, an oil group never endorsed, finance, or lend the OA name. Um, so um, that's so that we stay focused on what's needed in um, our recovery rather than um, saying that... It, um, that our sponsorship is that we need to go on this 12-mile run to support this other group. Uh, we are just, we're together to help each other, solidarity. Uh, tradition seven, every OA group should be feel self-supporting. Um, responsibility is a spiritual principle. Um, we, uh, uh, I'll hold up my end of the bargain and I expect my sponsee or sponsor to hold up their end of the bargain. Um, so the spiritual principles, responsibility, and um, then we can work together. Um, okay, going on to tradition nine. Always such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Um, so we're serving each other, and there's a structure. That's the principle. So there's a structure to our relationship. I'm the sponsor, you're the sponsee, or vice versa. And um, we decide how that's going to work between us. Uh, and and it's flexible in my program, the way I do it. Um, tradition 10, over the years, had no opinion on outside issues. This is important um, because I've heard uh, of people... Telling, telling people you can't go to any other program and you have to, you know, just do OA. Or you can't be on medications, you've got to drop everything. Uh, we don't have any, any opinion about anything else but our experience, strength, and hope in OA about food and weight and body issues and what's working for me or you. So there's a neutrality about that. 
It was like uh, Rosalie was saying, you know, you can get outside help for, uh, for nutrition, et cetera. Um, and, um, oh, one minute. Okay. Eleven is anonymity. We keep, keep our confidences. We don't share what, you know, what our um, sponsee has been talking about with anybody else and vice versa. And I also prefer that my sponsees don't say that I'm their sponsor to anybody else. Um, uh, and then Tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation. All these traditions, every mind has to place principles before personalities. So that's that anonymity that we won't um, share people's um, uh, membership in OA with anybody else. And um, also that I don't share that they're my sponsee either. So um, I just really uh, love this program and hope that that was helpful. Thanks. And our third and final speaker is Sarah from Sacramento. Thank you. I'm Sarah. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, to qualify, I have been dropping my glasses for, no. I have been um, abstinent from compulsive overeating since June 21st, 2006, with the help of my higher power, one day at a time. I used to say imperfectly, but my sponsor said I need to say perfectly because I've been abstinent one day at a time. And when I've, I've been in program 13 years, I hit bottom in program. This is a life or death disease for me. I have no illusions about it being life or death. Um, my father died of a heart attack at 55, 40 pounds overweight. overweight. Um, I watched him eat peanut butter standing up in the kitchen every single night for most of my childhood. My uncle, his brother, ate his way up to 450 pounds and didn't leave his house for 15 years. And then when that wasn't killing him fast enough, hanged himself in his home. Uh, That, to me, is two versions of death by this disease, arguably, my father's heart attack wasn't this disease, but maybe he would have be still with us if he didn't have to eat his peanut butter every night. Who knows? Um, my baby brother, the death portion of this talk, by the way, will be over soon, if, in case you're wondering. Um, my, when I was two and a half, I had a baby brother who died at age two months of sudden infant death syndrome. And um, my mother became terrified that I was going to die because she had just lost a child. And I was diagnosed with failure to thrive, which just meant I was on the skinny side, but that's what they called it. So she started force-feeding me, not like in a child protective services way, but just like making sure that I always ate. And by the time I hit kindergarten, I was overweight. And then I stayed overweight and eating 
throughout my childhood, and food was a solution long before it was a problem. And, um, and then it was a problem and a solution all at the same time for years and years and years. Yo-yo dieting, losing, gaining, losing, gaining. I am an expert in all diets and all nutrition, and I know everything, everything there is. However, I'm a non-professional when it comes to OA. Um, when I walked into these rooms, I had, a, I had a, a life beyond my wildest dreams, but I had no idea that I had a life beyond my wildest dreams. I was living with an asshole who was really critical of me, and it turned out after working the steps with a sponsor that that asshole was me. And then uh, later on, after working the steps with a sponsor, I found out there was no asshole, that there was only love. And today I'm able to love myself. Today I'm able to love people who are very different from me and to be of service. And, and um, I, ha I really am up for my life beyond my wildest dreams. Um, the first year I was in program, I had just like a really random sponsor who I had met in this thing that I got 12-stepped in you know, told about programming, and um, he had years and years of recovery, but not really from compulsive overeating, just like he gave up chocolate, and that was enough for me, I thought. And I was working the steps with him, but I didn't really have the benefit of a real compulsive overeater's experience, strength, and hope. Um, plus, he was a man, which was somewhat questionable for me, since I also have a sex and love addiction, but he had killer boundaries, so it was fine. And I only trusted men at that point in my life. I didn't trust women, so it worked out. But then I hit bottom in this program because I kept trying to perfect my abstinence. And if I would take a single bite that was off what I said I would eat, then I would be off and running. My shame and blame would be going, and I would be like, I'm a piece of shit. I can't do this. And so, so a lot of swearing in this one. Um, and then I... Um, so you came to the right room. Um, and then um, I met a woman in program who instantly when she shared, I was like, oh, my God, I want what she has, right? And I wrote her name and phone number down on a little piece of paper, and it came home with me, and that little piece of paper followed me around my house for like three months or something. Every, I mean, it was only one piece of paper. How could that happen? But wherever I would go in my house, it would be there. And I would be like, wait, that was downstairs. <laughs> Why is it here? So it took me about that long to actually pick up the 500-pound phone and call her. And I asked her to, to be my sponsor, my real OA sponsor. And everything changed. And I got abstinent. And I stayed abstinent. And Everything I know, well, that's probably a lie because I do have some experience <laughs> as a sponsor myself, sponsoring for the past 12 years. But I feel like everything I know about sponsorship came from me and was handed down from her lineage. And um, she, um, she told me um, we only have our strength. It is our weakness that draws us together, not our strength. And I have always projected strength. 
and people have been attracted to my strength. And, and that's a liability in this program because if I project strength and I act like I've got it together, then somebody else might think that I don't have, that I'm not what I am, that I'm not a desperate compulsive overeater who still, after 12 years of abstinence, needs to work her program like my hair's on fire to get through a day without picking up because that's who I am. That's the reality. So every time I try to pretend like I've got it all together, I'm doing my sponsee a disservice. It is our weakness, not our strength, that draws us together. I, I can't remember if my sponsor did this for me. I don't know how I would have gotten this idea otherwise, but I think she recently said that I'd gone a little beyond it. I give a sheet to my sponsees, and I have copies of it up here that says, for Sarah's sponsees, and it tells my expectations of you and uh, what you can expect of me. My favorite thing that you can expect of me is I will let you down. Only your higher power can always be there for you. And, oh, my God, how many of us have learned so much from the times our sponsors have let us down? I mean, me, the times I haven't been able to reach my sponsor and have either had to make other calls and reach people or have had to turn to God have been some of the biggest, biggest revelations for me, right? But it, it is a total setup. Um, if I in any way appoint myself, as has been shared, you know, the God or the Savior of, of my sponsee, I will let you down. But I also have, I will call you back whenever I can. I will make myself available to work the steps and talk with you. Um, a couple things, a lot of what I would have said has been covered, so I'm going to hit some of the things that haven't. Um, Late in, I, I work four other fellowships, <laughs> and I have a sponsor in all of them, and I sponsor in four of them. One of, one of them I don't sponsor in yet. And um, late in, uh, later in recovery, like uh, must have been six years in to abstinence, one of my sponsors in another fellowship who's also in this one but is on the East Coast said, I need you to do a daily renewal every day. And I was like, what's that? And she goes, you're in OA. You know what a daily renewal is. I said, no. She said, well, everyone on the East Coast in OA does a daily renewal. So I was like, well. <laughs> so I started doing a daily renewal, and now all my sponsees do daily renewals. The format is on that sheet. You can see it. Basically, I do not have my sponsees do a daily renewal until they've worked the fourth step because what I've learned is if they're a real newcomer, 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 then they think that that's working their program and that's all they'll do. They won't work the steps in any meaningful way after that point. But if they've worked the steps already or are past the fourth step, I have them do this, and this is their check-in format. Hi. Hi, Sarah. I'm, um, they say the serenity prayer, then they say, I'm willing to admit I'm powerless over compulsive overeating, food, binging, people, places, and things, and then whatever it is that's up for them to that day. First step. Second step, I, I am coming to believe that a power greater than myself restores me to sanity. Third step, I make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of my loving higher power for the next 24 hours. Um, 
fourth step, what do I want to bring to light? It's also 10th step, of course. This is a great 10th step tool. Um, what do I want to bring to light from the past 24 hours? I have my new... I have new sponsees call me every single day and leave a check-in. They're only talking about what they're powerless over. Or if they're at step zero, have you heard of step zero? This shit has got to stop. They're at that. Then they just are sharing their emotional truth for that day. Um, and then eventually, very quickly, what, what they're powerless over. And um, so but the people who, they call me every single day for 30 days. I will not sponsor anyone who won't call me every single day for 30 days. However, they can restart that multiple times. So if they call six and then, then they don't call the seventh day, they can restart their 30. They can restart their 30. You have to establish, I have to establish calling my sponsor every day be, as a lifeline for the most mundane possible things, even if I don't need any help at all that day, so that I will call on the days I do need help. I will not call. I will not call unless I have a habit of calling. I will not call unless I have a habit of calling. I will not call unless I have a habit of calling. So I have to know that phone number. It has to be speed dialed in. And texts are no substitute. Texts are great, and I'm a big texter, but they're no substitute for me speaking. And um, I do not, at this point in the game, I do not talk voice to voice with that sponsee every single day when they call I, they leave a message, they text me if they need to talk to me, once a week we talk, we work the steps, we talk on the phone, if they need to talk to me five times that day, that's fine but they have to text me and say I need to talk um, I help them focus on what, and as, as I was taught, focus on what you want, not what you don't want. So it's never, I'm not going to go into that uh, room in, in the office where there's all that food. It's what am I going to do? I'm going to work on that report that I've been procrastinating on for weeks. I'm going to do that laundry that needs to be done. I'm going to take my child to daycare. During every trouble spot, we talk through what am I going to focus on, not what I'm going to not focus on. It never works for me if I focus on what I'm not going to focus on. All my, all, my higher power always says yes. So if I'm thinking no chocolate chip cookies, no chocolate cookies, cookies, no chocolate chip cookies. The only thing higher power hears is chocolate chip cookies. That is a real setup for me. So we'll focus on what am I going to do. What else? Um, I am, the, I have to use the eighth tradition uh, a real lot because I am at this point, I wouldn't be probably if I hadn't been in recovery, but I actually am a professional spiritual counselor. And, but I'm not when I'm a sponsor. And so I have to I have to be really clear on the delineation there. There's tons of like juicy, wonderful outside um, tools and and things that are really, really helpful that I know about that other people pay me to find out about. But that what is here in OA is my experience, strength, and hope of what helped me and helps me day to day recover from compulsive overeating. And however, so the way that I sort of hedge that in terms of things that my experience shows me are really helpful, it if the outside thing has to do with a step, 
then it's helpful. I think of the steps as tips of all the most important spiritual icebergs that there are. But the icebergs have been explored more in thoroughly in lots of outside traditions. And uh, Bill W. wrote extensively about being open and learning, and he was a lifeline learning throughout the time that he wrote his literature. So I don't believe there's a time in which we just close it down and stop learning how to do this. The eighth step, for example, which is the forgiveness step, there's actually relatively little in our literature about how to forgive and what forgiveness is. So I have some tools on that, and I do use them, and I do offer them, and they are eight-step tools as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, they're not pegged to a different specific religious or spiritual tradition. They're just eight-step tools, but I explain contextually what that is. Um, one reason you probably shouldn't pay any attention to me at all is that, one of the many, is that I actually, if you look at how many, the percentage of my sponsees that are still abstinent today is actually incredibly low. But I think this is important to note. I'm abstinent. The reason I sponsor is I'm abstinent. I'm not sponsoring in order to keep you abstinent. It's your program. You're here to keep you abstinent. I am not. You remember that section of the big book where Bill W. taught, is it the big book or the 12 and 12? I'm actually not a great literature person. I should be, but I am not. Um, the... Uh, the section where he's talking about how he's been out for a month trying to find drunks and going from prisons to this, and not a single one of them has stayed sober. And Lois says to him, but you'd stayed sober. That's the way this works. Now, I have sponsees who have left me and gone on and stayed abstinent and have other sponsors. I have sponsees who have completely tanked out. I have retreads who have gone out and come back all over the map. I'm sorry, but the odds are stacked against us when we rock into these rooms. And it's not a program for people who need it. It's a program for people who want it. And sometimes people only want it for a short time, and then they decide they want something else. Now, I have a lot of problems with codependence. I work a whole other program around that. And my tendency uh, to think that my sponsees... Um, abstinence is my business is really high and so I've really had to learn emotional sobriety around that and uh, one day at a time I'm in recovery around that within the confines of sponsorship in OA to be able to really um, just support someone in their own journey and recovery but not think it's mine um, I, my, one of the things my sponsor taught, she, she did kind of scare the um, crap out of me at the beginning um, by saying, when, the first time I did call and say I was, um, I had eaten something that I hadn't intended to eat, and she said, you didn't take your abstinence very seriously. And it was just chilling. And, you know, that's what I needed at that time. I needed to be scared. I needed to be scared. Not everyone needs this. Everybody needs different things. But that's what I needed. I needed to be scared. I needed to know. I needed to believe. It turns out it probably wasn't true. But I needed to believe 
that I wasn't going to have this angel in my life anymore unless I took my abstinence seriously. Because that's what made me get my act together and one day at a time be in recovery and turn it over to God and do things differently than I had done before. The other thing she said is, I don't care if you've got, you know, a brownie in your hand and a milkshake in the other hand and you're up sitting down in front of the television i don't care how far it's gone i want you on that phone if you you can call me and you can tell me i have a milkshake in one hand i have a brownie in the other hand and i'm in front of the tv and i'm going to eat it you call me and tell me that but i if you, if i'm your sponsor you're on that phone and you're calling me and if, if you do something like that and you didn't call me, then I'm not your sponsor. There was an implied threat there that, you know. I only have one bottom line, which is no binging. That means um, eating a real lot of something and getting up the next day and doing it again. I have a ton of guidelines. No sugar, no flour. My abstinence is not defined by my... Um, it's not defined by uh, my food plan. The food plan does not equal abstinence. I don't get to decide whether I've broken my abstinence. This is a very important thing that my sponsor taught me. She would say, I don't want to hear in a meeting that you've broken your abstinence. I don't want you calling me and telling me you've broken your abstinence because you're not qualified to determine whether you've broken your abstinence. Why is that important? Because it... If I go, uh, oh, now I've eaten, you know, half a cup too much of this, so I've broken my abstinence, then I'm off and running. My brain is saying, my compulsive overeater brain says, I'm a compulsive overeater, I'm a piece of junk, shame and blame, I might as well, and so I... um, so I'm not qualified. So I have to talk it over with my sponsor. I have to do it. Okay, that might have been all over the map. However, I love you greatly, and I'll keep coming back. The meeting. I want. <laughs> the meeting is now open for three-minute pitches. So when you come up, I do need to make sure that you sign a release form. It's at the podium, and I need to have you do that before you speak. And we ask that you limit your share to three minutes, timekeeper, if you would time any shares for three minutes. Um, and do confine your share to your experience, strength, and hope on the topic discussed today of sponsorship. This session will end at 11.15. So, off we go. Hi, I'm Linda, compulsive reader. Hi. Is it okay to ask a question? Of okay, because I have a, um, cons- I have three sponsorees, and and there's some dependency, a lot of dependency with one of them. So you said you work through the steps with them, and then you no longer work with them. How does that work, and what do they do from there? As I said, 
um, after we finish working the steps, what I do is ask my sponsees to check in with me, and some do and some don't. That check-in is the continuation of a sponsorship relationship. Some of them go on and get another uh, sponsor. They're done with me. They move on. They need something different, and that's okay, too. Um, If they want to work a particular issue, I'm willing to work it with them. But I expect my sponsees to get out there in the world and start doing their thing, develop their own uh, brand of sponsorship, however they want to do it, the things that work for them and what doesn't. Um, sometimes they get into other forms of service. They, don't, they decide they don't want to sponsor. I don't have control of any of that. I am just passing on what I have been given. And I really don't expect my sponsors to stick with me. Um, I do have people in the program that come up to me and work issues one-on-one. That's been my experience. It's like that continuation of that original sponsorship, sponsee uh, relationship doesn't always extend into infinity out there. What I do is pick up other people that want to work just this particular issue. And that seems to work better than trying to maintain a long line, lineage of sponsorship. I, I found that that uh, often works better for more people than uh, trying to maintain the sponsor, sponsee that, uh, relationship that we had while we were working the 12 steps. They need to really develop, the, it's my opinion, they need to develop their own sponsorship process. Good morning. My name is Barbara, and I'm a compulsive eater. And I've I've been in the program just a little over three years, and and I got abstinent not quite two years ago, almost two years. And um, so I started sponsoring about six months ago, and uh, this has been very helpful. Very thank you so much. Um, and I know it's I'm not a perfect sponsor, and I've got a lot to learn. Um, but I learn so much from my sponsees, and I s- watch them recovering, and it just really strength strengthens my recovery. But uh, one of the things that uh, that I learned from my sponsor was, um, you know, to be. Uh, really, really open with. Uh, she was open with me, and she she let me discover myself. And at first, I was kind of like, "Why isn't she telling me what to do?" And I was a little bit resentful at that. But then, uh, what it did was it it opened up this possibility for me to figure it out for myself. And it really is for me this program is customizable um you know we're all different and um so that that was good and that's kind of the way i'm sponsoring um but i've got a lot to learn and it is just beautiful that i have this whole future ahead of me of recovery and to work with people and to have this fellowship is just amazing so thank you
Hi, I'm Ellen, a grateful compulsive overeater. Um, I have a question, or and I'd appreciate feedback from anybody who wants to respond to it. Um, I've been in program a long time, and I've been abstinent many years. Um, and it's happened a couple of times with sponsees where I think people see me in some way, and I, you know, and this is probably a defect of character in me, but see me as someone who's somehow perfectionist and. Um, so I've had a couple of experiences with sponsees where they will be calling with calling me to commit their food every day or their you know what their food plan is, um, and then I end up finding out after a few weeks or even maybe longer that they're not telling me the truth that they've been binging and that they're actually uh, not you know they're calling me every day as if they really are. Um, and it's really uncomfortable. Um, I, I want people to trust me, and I don't want people to see me as someone who is perfect and um, and all of that. And so, if um, anyone has any comment on that, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Ellen, because that gave me. This is I'm Sarah, I'm a compulsive overreader. Um, it gave me a chance to say something I didn't get to, which is just the single most important thing in the relationship is honesty, and you know, the, why do I not tell the truth to my sponsor sometime? It's because I don't want to tell the truth to myself and because we have that level of closeness that when I, want not, when I don't want to see it, then I don't want to tell it to her, right? But over time, it, it's a very interesting thing to be balancing um, taking abstinence seriously but more important over time to me has been taking honesty seriously. That to create a context in which my sponsee can feel like they can just, if, if they're honest, that's the single most important thing they can be. Because without honesty, there's no possibility of abstinence. And if I can't be honest with another human being and, and have it be okay, and if the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively, then that means that that whether or not, if even if I'm afraid I've broken my abstinence, I qualify and I get to still call my sponsor. I'm Meg, a compulsive overeater. Um, answering that same question, um, it, uh, when um, I, I learned that uh, from sending in my food, no matter what, um, I, I send in my food after the, the day, reporting what I ate. It helps me to, to pay attention during the day, because I know I have to write it down and send it in. But it also helps me to let it go. I send it off to my sponsor and, and I can let it go instead of um, uh, obsessing about what I ate and how much I ate and was that good or bad for me and what am I going to do about it. I just write it down and turn it over. So I would like, um, the other thing is that I've had sponsees that stop sending their food and I say, oh, I, I meant for you to send your food 
you know, whether it's good or bad, end quotes, just to send it off, to let it go, to take a look, um, and um, be kind to myself. Because if I, if I don't send it in, then I'm just beating myself up about not sending it in, about what I ate, um, and on and on, and that'll send me to the food more. So um, that's my experience. Thanks. That is all the time that we have for sharing and answering questions, and it's time to close this session. So let's thank our speakers and all those who have done service for this session. If you have enjoyed this workshop, we do encourage you to stop by the All-Star Media Table to order copies of this session or any other sessions, and there have been sheets handed out. All workshops and main speaker events are being recorded and are available on CD or as an electronic downhold, download. So we're going to join hands and we're going to close with the third step prayer that you'll find on page 8 of the program. Thank you, because, you know, together we can. So, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Keep coming back.